the gelato is damn good um, and, and we're consistent uh, I think for us consistency is key knowing that you can go from Canberra to Brisbane to Melbourne to Sydney to Hong Kong and you get the exact same flavour This is The Producers I'm Anthony Huckstep It's become one of the most celebrated gelato brands in the country but Gelato Messina has stayed true to its roots, ethics and offering to ensure the quality of its product. And as Donato Tocci explains, it has a cow-to-cone approach now too. My name's Donato Tocci. I am, uh, I don't know how to describe it, uh, head chef if you want to call it that, co-owner of Gelato Messina. So Messina is quite a complex little monster. Um, we produce, primarily we produce gelato and we only distribute to uh, to our own stores. We have, at current count, we have 27 locations in Australia and one in Hong Kong. Um, what we produce is gelato uh, from, <laughs> without sounding like too much of a dick, we produce it from cow to cone. So we've got our own dairy farm that produces our milk um, that we use in our gelato. Um, on average, we make about 30 ton worth of gelato a week. That's a uh, liquid mix. So then once it's churned and turns into the actual gelato that we all know and love, uh, you basically add 25% on that. Uh, and, and then it converts into liters. Um, so, but everything that we put into the gelato, we make in house. So ranging from the chocolates to the inclusions, uh, to the nuts, to to everything, we source ourselves, we, we somehow uh, work it, manipulate it, let's say, do what we need to do to it, to, for it to end up in the gelato. Along with the gelato, we also make cakes. So we've got a range of uh, nine gelato cakes that we do. Um, we've just started a little concession in a Harris farm in Lang Cove, so it's the first one that we've tried and basically we've got another 20 items that we do in there. Then we produce our own chocolate, so we source chocolate from all over the world um, and we produce it for ourselves in the, that go into the gelato. Um, we also do a, a wholesale range that a lot of restaurants use um, of chocolate um, and then we just uh, in January opened our first uh, store that has a chocolate range in it and that's an MLC or Mum Place um, and we plan to do that in, an, in just selected locations within Sydney and uh, Brisbane and Melbourne as well. So in Sydney we're opening our Marrickville store which is where our HQ is and that's basically going to have our entire range and that will have the chocolate um, and I think that's probably all we're going to do in Sydney is those two locations. Melbourne, um, we're yet to decide where we're going to do that. And in Brisbane, we will be opening up in a, a Queens Wharf. Um, and there we're actually going to do a complete mini chocolate production. So we do a lot along with what we do under this uh, roof. We also have two farms. We've got our dairy farm that has 650 head of Jersey cattle. And like I mentioned, it produces all our, our milk. Um, and then we've also got a hazelnut farm that was a bit of a balls up at the start, but it's slowly starting to get a little commercial viability, but we do use Australian hazelnuts. So we source hazelnuts from all over Victoria 
and um, we use Australian hazelnuts. Um, along with that too, we make something called dulce de leche, which is a, a South American style caramel, which is made uh, doing uh, by a reduction of milk and sugar. So you caramelize the milk proteins and that's how you get the caramelization. Um, and it's very distinctive, uh, very distinctive flavor. Um, and uh, it's very different to caramel or a caramel maison. Um, it's 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 got its own unique taste. It's got quite a lot of. Uh, it, it, it's caused by the Maillard reaction, so it's got uh, a, a, like a hit of umami at the back. But it's it's really um, it's really really nice. It's it's beautiful. For Donato, food was a way to get out of school, but he was soon swept up in the energy of hospitality. Ah. Uh, I, I was blessed with a family, being born in an Italian family that loved food. So I remember my my mum was a, what they called a signora in a restaurant. So she would she worked at restaurants, and she would make the pasta and the sauces um, in, in Italian restaurants. So we always had fresh pasta. For us, having pack of pasta was like a was like a treat. It was like having fast food. Um, so we always had fresh pasta. My dad loved to cook and we'd have massive barbecues where he'd, you know, he'd kill a lamb and then we'd eat the, the entire lamb. And that obviously wasn't just the immediate family, it was a larger family, so he'd take care of that. But then in that too, we would make the sausages, we would do the tomatoes, we would do the wine, you know, every, every season there was something happening. So food, food was an important thing. I was also lucky enough to grow every night with dinner at the table with the family. And Sunday night was, sorry, Sunday lunch was mandatory. Doesn't matter what time you got home. Uh, it doesn't matter what time you got home. Um, you had to sit down midday. Sunday lunch was served and you were there. You were present. So <laughs> uh, so, so they're, they're, they're amazing food memories, but the food for us was always classic Italian. It was always like pasta, a meat and a salad. Um, and then dessert. Mum never cooked dessert, which was really strange, but um, yeah, it was always a pasta and then a main. Uh, I got, I was really shocking at high school, uh, just barely scraped through on my VCE, and then it was like, all right, I gotta get into, I gotta get some work, and stumbled into a kitchen that, funnily enough, that my mother worked in, um, and decided to become a chef. But prior to that, I'd been working in kitchens since I was 13 and working in my cousin's pizza shop, and then going from a kitchen hand or a glass washer to, you know, one day a chef not showing up and going, do you want to give this a crack? And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, and so I always worked in kitchens and pizza shops and stuff like that. So I started off really young, but then starting my apprenticeship at like 18. Um, and at that point, it was a four-year apprenticeship, so finishing when I was 22. So I was a late bloomer. But I literally fell into it because I was too stupid to do anything else. Donato cut his teeth as a chef in some of Australia's best restaurants. I, I've worked at, um, I, the first restaurant I worked at was at a restaurant called uh, Bordelotto's and Cafe Menace. Um, and that was in Melbourne, it was a Melbourne institution run by an absolute doyon of, um, of the Melbourne food scene, which was... Um, uh, Olympia Bordelotto and she went on to do Shoshone's in the city and I did a very small stint there um, then I moved to Cafe Cucina which again was another institution and worked there for a long time um, uh, then just what after that 
uh, went to a place called Vic Ave, uh, Cozzy, uh, so a lot of, a lot of uh, restaurants. Um, and then I went overseas and I sort of finished my apprenticeship, worked for a little bit, saved up. I had like four jobs, went overseas and I worked in Rome for a, for a year. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And I came back to a restaurant where I ended up being a partner. So I started off just as a just as a, a chef to party and worked my way up to actually owning part of the restaurant. That was my first experience as a, a restaurant owner. Um, and there was four of us in the in the business, and the chef who uh, another chef that was there. He and I are, are absolute best mates to the point where we're still in contact and uh, baptized one of his children, and he was best man at my wedding. So it was like, yeah, it was rather than I think the best thing to come out of that was my mate Cordell. <laughs> so he's got a couple of restaurants in, in Brisbane now. Um, and yeah, so after that, uh, what did I do after that? Uh, after that, I moved to Sydney and we opened up um, Pizza Bira in Surrey Hills. So I was the opening chef there and was there for two, two and a half years. After that, I left that and I stopped the business in Melbourne and I moved up to Brisbane and worked with Cordell. Um, and then on the way back, on the way out of Sydney, I felt I uh, came back to Sydney and started working um, at a tabula. And that's how I started at Messina. Already with a working relationship, making the odd gelato with Messina for his restaurant, an opportunity to make gelato full-time presented itself. Well, Messina started in 2002. So my business partner, current business partner, Nick, uh, started in 2002 um, and it, with some other people. And it was a very different um, very different model. So they opened up with seven locations. This is in 2002. Um, but it was a wholesale arm that sold to retail. Um, so someone owned the company and they owned the wholesale arm. Uh, the people who owned Messina as the, the retail arm, um, I, I don't know the exact story, but something went a bit skew if, um, and they basically closed six of the locations, all but Darlinghurst, which was the original store. Um, and at that point, Nick was having troubles with his partners and, he, and the split was, I'll just take back Darla, you can have the wholesale arm, I'll do my own thing here. And that was in 2006. Later that year, Nick's brother Danny joined. Uh, Nick is is amazing with uh, gelato and, and and the chemistry of it and the numbers of it and all of that, um, and and also the flavour profiles. He's got what we call a hyper palate, so he picks up things that I can't even taste, uh, which sometimes is is annoying, but most of the time it's very helpful. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, he is very much a back of house person. In fact, Danny would come, Danny is his brother, um, and he would come uh, to the store and he would stop Nick from serving because his customer service was absolutely atrocious. And basically one day Nick asked Danny, do you wanna, do you wanna just come and do this? And they did it, and that's what they did in 2006. In 2008, I, I joined uh, the Itabula team in 2007. Um, and I was coming in as a sous chef to replace the head chef then, Louise. Um, so I did that and we formed a friendship. Um, and then it was my time to leave a tabula because I wanted to do something for myself. 
and Nick came in and one day to, to use the facts, this is how long it was, to use the facts in the tunnel and I was working one morning by myself and we were just having a chat and I was explaining to him that, you know, I think I'm going to leave and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, do you feel like making ice cream? I'm like, are you serious? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, because I would always ask him, I'd put ice creams on the dessert menu, but I'd always come ask him for help to formulate them. And one day, one day, his one of my ice cream flavors was in the cabinet. So he got one of my flavors and put it in the cabinet. So at that point, yeah, at that point, um, I thought, okay, that that sounds pretty cool. You know, get out of working nights and do do days. Uh, and that was in two thousand, end of two thousand and eight. Um, and then in two thousand and ten, Declan, who is our uh, head of marketing, joined, and that is what the current incarnation of Messina is. So it's basically the four of us. Um, and now we each have a, 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 a team below us that have a vested interest in the company as well. So all of us have someone that supports us, um, or now we support them and they run the company while we're just here as, you know, little, <laughs> we come in, we fluff around. Um, so yeah, the company has grown since then. The change of pace from a commercial kitchen to gelato maker was the biggest hurdle for Donato. When I got to Messina, I remember the first day, Nick had gone on holidays and I'd started with Danny. And in the kitchen, he's just like, bro, slow down. Just slow down, there's no rush. It's, it's, it's cool, it's like, oh, oh, okay. And and the fact that we used to have um, dinner at a table or two was always served at five o'clock, but it was literally 15 minutes to half an hour. I remember my first day, Danny getting lunch, going, come and sit down. It's like, but it's lunch, I've got to get this done. He's like, yeah, no, sit down. And it's always been that approach of just being laid back, but just making sure that everything is just perfect and making sure it's always right. And there's no rush to it. It's it's not the end of the world if it doesn't get done. Um, it, it will get done. It will get done. It will happen. Um, and it's, 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 for me, it's a great way of... I think it shows in the product that it's just, there's no rush to it. It's everything takes its time. Give it the patience that it needs. Give it, give it the time that it deserves and, and, and it will be, it will work out. It'll actually work out so much better than if you just haul us and rush this thing through. Um, so for us, it's, it's, we've, we've still do that mentality now, even though it's, it's so busy. We're, we're, we're constantly busy. I don't, it used to ebb and flow for us where winter would slow down slightly and then summer would ramp up higher than the last summer. Now it just seems to be consistent throughout the year, which is fantastic. Um, sorry, obviously summer is a lot busier. It's, there's, there's a huge difference between summer and winter, but it's, it, I think everybody here is just used to the pace. Messina have created the most incredible cow to cone food system, whether it's growing fruit or nuts or producing milk. Our business partner who runs the farm as well, he, he fell into the farm um, purely by accident. Uh, and what he's doing there is, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So as I mentioned, we've got 600, 600 head of Jersey cattle. We chose Jersey because of the milk they produce, it's a lot fattier, it's a lot higher in protein. Um, it's, it's the classic gelato, it's a classic milk for gelato. Um, but what we're doing, we're, we're milking the cows once a day, uh, so you get a higher solid percentage within the milk. Um, we keep cow on calf, so the um, calves stay with the mother until they're weaned off. 
Um, we have a no-till method on the farm, so it's very it's very much a regen- regenerative farming um, where we don't do scorched earth. It's basically one crop replaces the other. Um, uh, it, it, the cows are completely grass-fed, sorry. So we produce all their feed. So it starts off from there. It starts literally. It starts off from the grass on the ground, um, and the, the 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 way we rear the cattle, um, which produces a great milk. Then for us, it's a matter of formulating the recipes. So we each flavor has an individual recipe for us. Um, if we're making chocolate, we formulate the chocolate for the for the particular gelato. So we've done different milk chocolates, we've done different dark chocolates. Uh, rather than doing single origin, which is something that we already do, we now focus on the variety of bean, uh, the variety of cocoa. Um, all our inclusions are made in-house, so we have a complete bakery team. Um, for us, there's a huge amount that goes into the gelato. It's, it's saying it. To you now, even for me, is like, geez, we do a lot. But for us, it's um, it's just day to day, and then getting it to stores is another is another issue in itself. So, and 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 what our ops team does at stores and carries that on is 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 quite an amazing feat on their behalf, to be honest. Um, because we can come up with weird, wonderful flavors, and they just have to get it churned and in the cabinet. There's a big difference between ice cream and gelato, but the approach at Messina is a step above most. Gelato has less fat than ice cream. So our thing is, is it goes back to the milk. Um, so the, the, the better quality milk we use, the, the better quality it will taste. Um, there's that, there's also the, the flavorings that go in. We don't use any flavorings, we make our own flavorings. Um, so if we do something like a, how can I put it? A, 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 like I said to you, a milk chocolate for us. We'll formulate a milk chocolate that we like that works in there perfectly. Now that may not be a curvature chocolate that has you know upwards of thirty percent cocoa butter. For us, we do have chocolate. We use a cocoa mass. We start off from that, but we may use a different variety of fat in there that works better at a frozen temperature. So that's that's the sort of manipulation we do within the gelato to, to achieve something that tastes so luscious. Um, our dark chocolate, same deal. We, we use a particular uh, cocoa mass from Ecuador that just brings up the brings up the chocolate flavour. The the chocolate that we the cocoa that we source for our gelato comes from Italy, um, and it's you know it, it's a highly alkalized chocolate, so it gives you this really 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 robust flavour and dark colour in the cabinet. Um, yeah, so it's. It's, it's the quality of ingredients. You can use a lot of something shit and it's still going to taste like shit, whereas you use some, a lot of something that's good, it's going to taste amazing. And that, that's something we really stick to for us. It's the quality of ingredients from milk to hazelnuts to pistachio to, to chocolate to everything. Is It's not about a cost-saving measure for us. When it comes to that, that's not how you cut costs. Um, it, it's... it's it, we, we try and make everything more efficient to cut costs on the other end, but not in the quality of ingredients. The gelato is damn good. Um, and, and we're consistent. Uh, I think for us, consistency is key, knowing that you can go from Canberra to Brisbane to Melbourne to Sydney to Hong Kong, and you get the exact same flavor. 
Um, and I think that that's really what, what it is. And we, we don't skimp. We're not going to make something half-assed and, and sort of just go, eh, well, it's all right. If it's, if it's not all right, it just doesn't make the cut. So I think it's, the, it's the, the quality. And we haven't changed anything. I was talking to someone the other day, and it's like our recipes that we use now, even on this level, are the same recipes that I was using in Dalo. Um, you know, it's, it's just then I was making a 15-kilo batch, and now we're making a 1.1500-kilo uh, batch. Um, so it's, it's, but nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing has changed. Even, even some of the machinery is still the same stuff that we were using. Well, Dalla was a different animal because that was one store, but when we started to get two or three stores, we moved to Roselle, a little kitchen in Roselle, and we've still got some of that equipment that hauls us in the kitchen now. Donato is an early riser because the scale of Messina nowadays requires a full day each day. So my, my day starts really early. I'm just an early riser. I get to work at 4 a.m. Um, I'm the first one in. Um, for me, it's, it's a great time because I get to come in, I have a coffee, I check my emails, I, I rip through all of those, I'll go to the gym, um, and by the time I get back, the first group is in. So and they start at six. So for me, my day started two hours before anyone gets here. Um, and But it gets a lot out of the way. I found that if I get stuck in the day and I'm late with everything else, all these things pop up that you just need to sort out. Some days nothing happens and I just get to do stuff. Um, and other days it's, I don't sit at my desk and you just, you, you're constantly like putting out a fire here or talking to someone there or doing this here. And, and it gives you, a, it gives me a lot of time to spend with the crew that we've got downstairs and especially the, 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 five, um, the five key members that we've got downstairs. Um, I say downstairs because our production officers are upstairs and the crew's downstairs. Uh, so in the actual kitchen. So it gives me time to spend time with them and talk to them. And having, being able to do that is, is great. It is great. And, and generally my day will finish at probably about three, four o'clock. Um, we have a four day week here. So the, most of the teams work only Monday to Thursday. Um, we have one team that we're still trying to catch up and trying to get the system a little more uh, streamlined so they can soon work four days as well. And once that happens, the only people that work five days is their warehouse and that's basically because there's not enough hours in the day to deliver stock. But um, for them, Friday's a, a bit of a shorter day and get in, get out and, and move on. So we, we try and have a, a complete work-life balance for, for everyone. We don't... We, we don't really work more than 40 hours a week. After creating their own food production chain, Messina is now set up to explore other avenues, such as their own chocolate brand. We're not a company that plots things out. Like even our growth, it's so sporadic. We won't do anything for a year and then the next year we'll open three. Um, and and I, don't, I think we really like that. We try and keep away from this corporate culture. Um, and, and I think... The, the one thing is we always look at ourselves as backyarders or hacks and I, I, the more and more we deal with other companies, it's, it's like some people just put on a facade whereas we just don't try and go in with a facade. We are like, we don't know what we're doing, we'll tell you straight out. We're, we're in this, uh, we, we'll, we'll work it out. And, and I think it's a lot easier to, to just get through being honest and not pretending you know everything. 
and just working it out because at the end of the day you do and the, the drive that we've got is is crazy like we i talked to our exec team our exec chef tom who just you know the, the things that we do to get things from a to b we'll, we'll come up with an entire new system of doing it that probably no one else has done or probably someone else has done and we've just never researched it properly and just gone right this is what we're going to do and it gets there um the way we ship our cakes interstate that that whole process is no cake unless the, the the delivery guy turns off the freezer there's no way the cakes stuff up and they're highly elaborate cakes but we we managed to transport gelato across state lines and it's it's pretty impressive so it's it's that sort of drive that we've got you know i i, I think we're sporadic we don't have a plan but we've just got drive and we just get get things done the move to messina changed nardo's life taking him away from the stove and allowed his creative side to flourish i i think about that constantly going where would i be if i didn't have messina and i know that i'd be in the kitchen i'd still be in the kitchen somewhere i don't know what kitchen but i look at you know my friends who still cook and obviously they've they've stepped out of somewhat stepped out of the game a lot of them are in their own restaurants but they're still they're still on chops a couple of nights a week and they're still on the pass and you know it's it's it, they're still working and i and i assume that's where i would be so for me now i haven't you know I, I, i'm a bit of a imposter where i feel like an imposter because i haven't put on a uniform in in years i'm not even gonna say months in years uh you know my uniform at the moment is a pair of uh, perichinos and a t-shirt you know it's just casual runabout stuff that i can get dirty and do what i need to do so yeah it's it's changed my life immensely i, I sometimes i crave you know the, the early days of just having one store and thinking um oh, it'd be so nice just to have one store and get back on it and sort of do that and i and i think my retirement dream would be something along those lines but i I look and think, but would I give up what I have now to do that? And I don't think I would. Um, you know, uh, it's having the, the facility we've got now is just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy big. Like the chefs have got so much space. Everything is, it, you know, it, it, how can I put it? It's easy for them to work. For me now, it's, I, I like having my chefs come in and they've got lunch, they've got coffees, they've got fresh laundered uniforms. It's, it's all, I, I just want to, I want to make this kitchen very different to the kitchens I grew up in. I just want it to be a nice place. You push, 100% you push, you get the work done, but there's no need for that, uh, that hostility, that, 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 that sort of a vibe um, in, in the kitchen. It's just, just have fun. Come in, do your work, and I think, I think it shows because we've got staff that have been with us for for ten years in the kitchen. We've got one person who's just gone on long service leave because they've been with us for so long. Yeah, so I, I love that. I love that aspect that it, it's a kitchen. I have we've got forty five chefs that work here, and you know, you work Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday, and you you start at seven a.m. You work hard you're taken care of and then you go home and no stress just come back to work do everything you need to do at work and then chill we got this with a commitment to quality and a belief in maintaining the best standards messina has become one of the most influential brands on the planet and a real australian success story 
This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or email us at producerspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.